Welcome to the 5G Techvitory podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. versus 4G for industry 4.0. This will be the question we will be discussing and discussing it from the perspective of and learning from the 5G ENCODE project during the next discussion. And joining me is Vasilis Seferidis, the CEO of Zeta Projects, Zeta Networks, pardon, and Mark Funo, Director of Digital Engineering National Composites Center. Gentlemen, the question to you, the opening question to you, is the same actually that we will ask in the poll section to all of our viewers. Is 5G ready for industry 4.0? What would be your answer? Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, I think what we'll start is just um, to, uh, you know, ask an open question. Absolus, you know, can you just talk to us a little bit more about the 5G ENCO project as a whole and give us an overview, please? Yeah, sure. I mean, um the 5G ENCODE project is uh, uh, one of the biggest of um, 5G projects in, in the UK, focusing on the industrials of applications. It's a £9 million project. It's a collaborative project involving a lot of um, leading technology companies, which are aiming to explore the benefits of 5G in manufacturing. The project is partly funded by the UK government. It's one of the biggest of investments in, in this uh, sector and is currently one of the largest projects of this kind in, in Europe. The project uh, aims to explore new business models, but also technologies, new technologies, but in an industrial setting. Uh, one of the, the key issues for us was to prove that, um, or to show that the 5G is indeed a benefit and um, an improvement over the 4G. So what we have done is actually deploy a 4G network in the beginning last year, and then we moved to a 5G network this year, and we are now comparing the results. We are collecting the results of the 5G. It is a, a very exciting project because for us, as Zeta Networks, because it uh, uses our technology, our network sli slicing and splicing technology, which is all about uh, uh, doing a lot of uh, customization to the difference of uh, use cases and delivering the connectivity that you want for each individual use case and when they have those running on top of um, the same infrastructure. Mm. Okay, excellent. Uh, from uh, my point of view, I would like to actually understand a little bit uh, more and um, discuss with you, uh, Mark, uh, why National Composite Center, which is basically uh, an industrial sort of setting, is interested in 5G and how 5G fits within your overall software strategy. Yeah, sure. Thanks. So the National Composite Centre, it's part of the high-value manufacturing catapult, uh, UK government-sponsored institutions, the seven of us. Um, we're based down in the Bristol area, quite close to uh, yourselves, Ita, as you know. Um, the core thing for us is to really represent industry and their needs. So we have a factory. It's about 17,000 square feet. It's, uh, it's used for uh, very high innovative uh, composite manufacturing processes, but we represent what industry would actually look and feel like with respect to IT, with respect to operational technologies on the shop floor. And what we're trying to do here is essentially demystify this topic of 5G. So everyone knows what 4G is, and we've chosen to baseline um, our networks and our capabilities using the 4G net, uh, systems that we have, which give us the traditional kind of upload download speeds. And then on top of that, employ 5G and then compare and contrast 
what that 5G new technology could actually offer us. You know, we, we see seamless connectivity, reliable, ultra-secure, and flexible connectivity is fundamental to the factories of the future. You know, moving away from wired solutions into wireless is really where we want to go. And 5G and these capabilities are going to offer a significant potential in that space. Uh, and, you know, we, we're looking there for three key use cases around what we're trying to do. So, so I'll give you a quick short overview of the use cases. If you don't mind, uh, is you know, just looking at uh, high bandwidth kind of throughput, especially for immersive capabilities. So we're looking at uh, the video streaming and information around AR and VR and how that would help to use, uh, to be used in an augmented way on the shop floor, specifically for training, upskilling a workforce, but also getting that expert helper when needed inside a factory session. And we all realize that we, with COVID, are move, moving to a more remote and hybrid working kind of model. So it's really important for us to get that seamless communication and that, that interactive kind of immersive feel. Uh, we are looking at massive machine connectivity and the aspects of 5G low latency. Uh, so what would 4G offer us versus what 5G low latency would give us in those real-time feedbacks at the machine controls. And so what we're trying to do is obviously focus on net zero, reducing waste, increasing productivity inside our factories. And, and in this use case, we really are focusing on you know, closed-loop manufacture, that ability for the machine and processes to adjust based off what they get in real-time and the feedback from their from, from errors or potential errors in, 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 in manufacturing. But we're also looking at it to reduce the, uh, the payloads. So we have a, a, a fairly large robot and on the end of a robot is a very high vision system. And that high vision system requires us to take uh, a massive amount of um, video streaming data. Um, and so what we're looking for is to unlock that. It's all wired at the moment to reduce the payload, reduce the size of the robot and make it way more flexible. So smaller companies don't necessarily have to buy a fixed standard set and bring the components to the actual measuring uh, scenario. We want to move the measuring scenario to where the, the components actually needed. And what 5G and, and, and how you know, it allows us to essentially reduce the size of the, of the end effectors on these robots and move it uh, to the places where they need it. The, the, the third aspect that we're really looking at, Javisilis, is how we would therefore get, how we get ultra security and reliability of a network when we're monitoring assets. Now for composites, we have time sensitive natures. So a lot of data gets streamed into our assets and we need to monitor them, how they move around our factory, where they are in, in situ, and also how we would therefore track it as it moves outside our factory, as it comes into the factory and as it goes through the factory and as it goes out the factory and how we would essentially monitor the slicing and splicing of the data that it flows through a private network onto a potentially open source network or, or an external network uh, and that's sort of part of the asset tracking in the scenarios to try and get that that reliability but the call for us is how does wireless technologies 4g even wi-fi LoRa, all these technologies fit and where does 5g actually actually fit correctly inside that whole network so which, which which parts of the network need to be 5g not the entire thing potentially and so what we're trying to do is to to evaluate that and explore it on behalf of industry really does that help Indeed, yeah. Thank you very much for that. We have been running this uh, project for um, over 18 months now, and um, we have collected quite a lot of um, information, of course, a lot of uh, lessons learned, and uh, we have started delivering, of course, uh, since last uh, October, key deliverables for the project, including the 4G network last October and, um, sorry, the 2020 October. And uh, last October, of course, we have um, produced last month, we produced, of course, and we delivered the, the 5G network. Can you talk us about sort of, uh, what was your view about uh, the key deliverables and uh, the lessons learned? Um, 
Yeah. I'll, I'll sort of explain it there from my side as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so from our side, I mean, the, the, I'll, I'll talk about the impact. I mean, we, we've seen a lot of benefit coming in from 5G. Now, we've only just started our journey on implementing. We, we ran the 4G trials. They were proving to be effective in some instances, but you're talking about individual use cases when you run them. And so you can probably utilize 4G to, to explore smaller, more targeted, but individual use cases. As you start to expand and start to put these use cases in parallel, you know, you start to hit the buffers of what 4G can actually offer. And this is where the 5G systems come into their own and the ability to slice and tailor and monitor and explore the boundaries of it. Um, so yeah, we've, we found it to be a really good addition to the network and, and provide us a significant uplift in our networking capabilities. Um, the issue we're having and, and the key findings are some of the CPE devices uh, and are not quite ready. They still need a little bit of technology development and that's okay because we have the test bed now and we can, we can help to upskill and bring people into, the, into our test beds and, and, and sort of change the technology standard bring it up to TRO level scale, the technology readiness level scale. Um, one of the key things we also found was the IT skill sets to implement such a technology. I think we didn't appreciate how different or how, how um, you know, the, the hardware and the software difficulties, our current IT team was not quite ready for it. So we've we started to train and develop skills uh, inside our workforce and we sort of almost changed the entire way we structured our IT, which is typically looking at normal business as usual kind of operations. We now have a IT development team, which works closely with your team. Facilis, I don't know if you've seen that from your side, how that feels. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I mean, um, a typical problem with all these new developments, of course, you know, with new technology developments is the availability of uh, devices and technology components that you need to build the, the systems. And of course, you know, 5G suffers from that. You always have, of course, the smartphones that are available from uh, day one, I guess, right, or quite early, but you don't have the industrial sort of components, the CPEs that you need to actually make this, um, you know, transition. And that we have been suffering from that. For me, the most important, I guess, um, indication or, um, uh, sort of a le lesson learned, I guess, was uh, it has been um, the fact that um, because we are implementing the open run sort of uh, environment, which is basically all about diversifying the supply chain, that has been a very steep learning curve in terms of actually finding out how you, you can actually bring different um, vendors together and make the whole system work, you know, as good as if you had a, a single vendor supplying the whole solution. Yeah. And that by itself, I mean, I think we have proven we can actually build now a system composed by different of suppliers and working as um, um, you know with high performance as if it was a single vendor. So that that by itself is um, a good proof point, I guess, for the project. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that's quite important for for us is that uh, I think we have proven and we are collecting still the data. And I have to tell the audience that uh, we'll be presenting a lot of those data at the Mobile World Congress. Uh, because we are going to have a booth uh, as 5G and code project uh, early in um, February, early in the year. And uh, the idea here was that uh, this uh, network slicing and splicing is very important because it actually provides you the capability to tailor the connectivity and dynamically shift the connectivity where you need it most. Mm. It, it was um, a feature and capability that wasn't available in 4G and you do have it now with uh, 5G, which um, is a game changer, of course. Yeah, I think just to reiterate on that, I mean, we, 
with our IT team and their uh, steep learning curve that they go to, you know, these systems and techniques from yourself are really helping for us to sort of lower the barrier of entry into the market. So, you know, we don't have to have 5G specialists or people who really understand the technology in a lot of detail. It's actually trying to provide these tools, you know, and if you look at the implementation of anything, 4G, 5G, you need to get that cost and that capital investment and that operational cost barrier reduced. Uh, so you don't necessarily, you know, having tools and technology such as the ones that you guys have brought to the table and our other partners are saying to monitor the network, understand how things things are working, I think has proven to be uh, really valuable for our IT team to to learn and to just lower that, that barrier of entry. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. Is it worthwhile sort of covering a little bit uh, what is the next sort of, uh, we have six months to go yeah. for the project and um, what we are planning to do in the next sort of, uh, six months? Yeah, yeah sure. So, yeah, yeah. Carry on. Okay, so for, from our side, I mean, we have at the end of this month. You just mentioned that we've we've we sort of completed the implementation of 5G. It's it's not a stable network, as you say. It's not an end-to-end -end necessarily one vendor solution. I think that's quite a unique thing. It is also a standalone network, so one of the biggest deployments of standalone network. Um, on the 30th of November, we will be running our uh, use cases, demonstrating them on the 5G system, and I think we have 40. 40 guests coming around the NCC. Uh, there will be a lot of PR coming around that and uh, I would sort of educate that people will have a look to see what the outcomes are uh, so you can get a bit of learning of, about the 5G ENCODE project. And as we move into the, the sort of uh, quarter one of next year up until the end of the project, which is March, uh, we're really going to be looking at how we would essentially offer a, a, the opportunity for people to come and explore the boundaries of what the test bed can offer and what we've learned and what we haven't learned. On, on, on our system, essentially, um, and sort of start to, you know, turn the dial, you know, improve our software, put the patching in and make things just that much more better and that much more user-friendly um, so that we can sort of promote that as, as a good standard on the market, essentially, to help industry adopt, basically. Is there anything from your side on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mentioned the Mobile World Congress. This yeah, is uh, yeah. the point that uh, we're going to make um, a lot of um, the findings of the project uh, available publicly and we're going to have obviously demonstrations in, in the event. So everybody who is actually watching that is welcome to come and uh, visit us. Uh, you are welcome also to actually come and visit the website and find more information. There are links and obviously a lot of uh, published materials there from presentations and um, uh, newsletters and everything else. Yep. So please um, um, get in touch if you want to actually learn um, some more about that. Yeah, perfect. Get in touch. Get in touch here in uh, the platform as well, because you can find a gentleman in the platform and you can send him a private message or even set up a video call. Gentlemen, before I let you go, and, and thank you for telling us what has been done and also mentioning what's the future and what's coming up next. But um, if you remember, then we asked in the platform, is... It ready, right? That was the, the question. Is 5G ready for Industry 4.0? And I can tell you that the yes sayers won. But I would ask you, what do you, what do you think? What was the percentage? How many people said yes? 5G is ready for Industry 4.0. 30 percent. Well, that means that oh. they wouldn't want it, right? So because yeah, yeah, 70 yeah. would be against it. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> so what would you say? How much above 50 were saying yes? It is ready. I think it might be quite uh, high because we have proven this um, year and obviously last year that uh, 5G really works. Uh, the big question for us was this open run and the ecosystem of partners and that has been proven as well to work uh, fine. So I guess we'll be closer to 70-80%. Vasilis, you're nodding the head, yeah. right? <laughs> yes, yes. 
Gentlemen, it was correct because 75%, so precisely between 70 and 80, that means that you have proved to be right and you have proved yourselves as well with this project as well. <laughs> so thank you for joining us thank today. You. Thank you for the amazing job on the project. And this is the time you